Hello, and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. You guys, I just spent probably mm, three minutes because my microphone, for some reason, wasn't recording any volume. I guess it just wasn't plugged into my computer enough, but we're good to go. Speaking of my microphone, my last episode, I'm pretty sure I accidentally recorded with my computer internal microphone instead of my actual, like, legit microphone. So sorry about that sound audio quality on the last episode. Was not what I thought it was going to be, not what it was supposed to be, but hopefully we've got everything or I've got everything figured out here. So today I'm going to be talking about The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner, which was actually my March book of the month. It is labeled on Book of the Month as a historical fantasy. There's only one element where fantasy maybe exists at the very end of the book. So for me, it's more of a historical fiction. However, there's also a present day timeline. So it's kind of hard to categorize, but I'm going to go for historical fiction. And the basic idea of premise of what this book is about is that there was an apothecary killer back in the late 1700s, I think the 1780s, and she runs her apothecary and dispenses poisons to women who want to kill bad men in their lives. And then in the present day storyline is that the Caroline finds an old bottle in the river and is piecing together the story. So that's what this book is about. So before we get into the plot summary and everything else, no, you know what? We're just going to launch right into the plot summary and then get to the discussion section. I have a lot of thoughts about this book. It has kind of been going around bookstagram, not really on booktube, at least not the ones that I, booktubers that I watch. And people have varying opinions on it, which I'm going to get into kind of what that reaction has been and then how that impacted me and my reading experience. So before I start the plot summary, as always, this episode will be full of spoilers for The Lost Apothecary. So if you do not want this book to be spoiled, stop here, go read it. I would recommend it and then come back and listen to this episode. So without further ado, let's get started. Okay, like I mentioned, this book has two, it's three perspectives. So it's told from the perspective of Caroline, who is the woman from present day, Nella, who is the apothecary, and Eliza, who is a 12-year-old who goes to Nella to get a poison for her mistress to kill her husband. And so the three of them are the three narrators, and it's told in two different timelines. So there's kind of two different storylines going on throughout the book. Hopefully, I'm going to be able to switch back and forth between them pretty well. Um, But we all know that I'm not great at the plot summary, dual perspective, not dual perspective, dual storyline, whatever. But let's get started. So the book opens up. Honestly, I don't even remember who it opens with. Does it open? Oh, it opens with Nella. Okay. February 3rd. And basically, Nella, like I said, is the apothecary. She, her mother used to run this actual legit apothecary shop where there was only helpful things and it was for women. Then Nella is betrayed by a man whose name I believe is Frederick, maybe Gregory. I think Frederick, Friedrich, Freddie, somebody like that. And um, then she starts dispensing poisons to kill men in other women's lives. And so now she's been doing that uh, the poison thing for about 20 years and she gets a letter and she gets a weird feeling about it and it basically says to, f- to kill her mistress's husband. Basically now she kept the old storefront her mom had but turned it into like a secret back store so she has like a secret wall and the front just looks like empty except for a barrel and women will put their letters in the barrel she'll get them 
And then the back is where all her apothecary stuff is, her store, her bed, everything. And so she's been doing this for 20 years and it's starting to catch up with her. She is both mentally and physically not doing well. Mentally, she's starting to really feel the toll of killing all these different people or at least dispensing the weapon, the poison to kill all of them. And physically, she's like has a horrible cough. She coughs up like gross green phlegm and then later blood throughout the book. And she's probably got arthritis and all this different stuff. And so she gets a bad feeling about this. And, you know, her life is just kind of like not what she ever expected it would be. Then in the present day, you have Caroline, who was supposed to be going to London. So this book takes place in London. I guess I should say that. Um, for her 10-year wedding anniversary with her husband, James, I believe his name is. I think I should probably check to make sure that his name... Yeah, it's James. But like three days beforehand, she was checking his phone, like his phone was going off for some reason, and she noticed that he was getting texts from his secretary or some other person in the office that he works for that, oh, that was such a fun night we had like two weeks ago. Definitely like, let's do it again. Basically text that he is cheating and she confronts him and he's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, uh, and so she's obviously heartbroken, devastated. And so she decides to go on their 10 year anniversary trip to London by herself. So she shows up, she's like grieving. They finally, they got married right out of college and she kind of, she was a history major and she was like wanting to go to grad school at Oxford, but then she ended up not doing that to do the practical thing of taking the like secretary job at her parents' like farm place or something like that. And her husband's an accountant and they've put off having children and now they're finally ready to try, but now he's cheating on her. So I don't know. So she's in London. She's very upset. And she ends up going like randomly. They had this whole like itinerary, which she's kind of thrown out the window. And she decides that she's going to just some random dude named Alf is like, hey, come on this like mud something tour. I don't remember what it's called, but basically what they do is they go into the river and like down by the River Thames or whatever the heck you say that. And they kind of dig around in the mud and whatever to see what they can find. Can they find any old historical artifacts? So she, at first she says no, but then she decides like, no, I'm going to do it. And while she's there, she ends up finding this like purple little, or not purple, this blue little vial. And, um, with, it's got a little like in, engraving on it. And she's like very intrigued. She wants to know like about it. So Alf says, oh, you could go see, um, Gaynor at the, uh, library. She works in the maps department. Maybe she'll be able to help you. And so she's like, all right, I'm going to go. She ends up going. It turns out Gaynor is Alf's daughter. So what the heck? And she's like, I can't really help you because that we don't really know, but we can kind of like do some searching or whatever. And so she's like, okay, thanks. Like whatever. So then she goes back to her hotel. So meanwhile, Eliza shows up at Nella's apothecary shop to get the poison. It's being dispensed. She's using rat poison and she put it in these eggs. So Eliza's going to make the eggs and serve the uh, poisonous ones to the husband of her mistress. And by mistress, I mean like, you know, like master and mistress, not like adulterous mistress or whatever. You know what I mean? So um, she's doing that because it turns out that the husband has started um, inappropriately touching her. She's 12 years old. And so the mistress wants to kill him because it sounds like he did this to another girl who worked at the house who got pregnant and then ended up dying when she was trying to give birth to her child. So that's really unfortunate. So Nella is kind of like, feels a little weird. She's giving this to a 12 year old, whatever. She's getting weird vibes. Eliza's super interested in everything that Nella's doing because it's super intriguing. So then Eliza goes back to the house, like the whole thing goes as planned. And Oh my God, that's what I wanted to... Okay, give me a second. 
Okay, sorry. So everything goes as planned and he ends up dying. And Eliza loves working there. She loves her mistress. Like, she's such a good woman. Like, she really likes it there. But right when they get the news that he has died, the husband has died, she gets her period. Except she does not know what a period is. So she believes that um, Mr. What's-His-Face, that the husband's ghost is haunting her and has, like, I don't know, invaded her body and is causing her to bleed. And she, like, tells her mistress about it. I can't remember her name. And um, she's like, no, this is a natural thing, but doesn't explain what periods are. And so she's convinced it's a ghost. So she decides she needs to go back to Nella and see if she can help her. So she goes back there. And meanwhile, Nella has gotten another letter. And this one's giving her even more horrible vibes. But she's like, okay, she thinks it's to kill, like... Uh, the lady's husband's mistress or whatever. So she's like, okay, whatever. I got to go get these beetles and mash them up. And then if you ingest these beetles, it causes lust-like tendencies, but then you'll also then die pretty quickly after that. And so she's like, okay, fine. So she's going on this whole trip. And then we find out more that apparently she lost a baby that when she um, was younger, right after her mom passed away. And she's never been able to have a child since then. And she's very upset about it. She contemplates uh, going into the river and committing suicide. So sorry, I guess I forgot to give the trigger warning for that. Um, So that happens. She gets the beetles. And while she's working on it, uh, like right before this woman's supposed to show up to get the um, poison, Eliza shows up and Nella's basically like, there's no such thing as ghosts. You need to leave. But then this other woman shows up before anything can happen. So this woman's name is Lady Clarence. And she's actually like... A, like high-ranking sort of person and she wants to kill turns out not her husband but her husband's mistress and Nella refuses to she has never helped kill a woman she's always dispensed her poisons to kill men because of this betrayal that she had felt from Frederick or whatever this guy's name was and so she's like no I won't help you and she throws the like poison into the fire and Lady Clarence is basically like you, how long did this take you? And she's like, this took me like a day and a half or whatever. She's like, I'll be back tomorrow night and you better have what I need. Otherwise, I'm going to the police and reporting you. So that's not good. And now let's flip back over to the main storyline. So in the main, sto- main storyline, in the present day storyline, these are shared pretty equally. I don't think there's a main storyline. So Caroline does a bit of research herself like online and ends up finding um, something on the library website about an apothecary killer from the 1820s or something like that when she searches like bear, vial, poison, whatever. I don't remember what her search was. So she goes back to the library the next day and Gaynor helps her kind of like do some searches, but they're not finding anything. But they are looking at some maps because she finds Bear Alley. And uh, Bear Alley is kind of actually where, well, it turns out Back Alley is where this was, but the little engraving on the vial is a little bear because they are the only storefront, excuse me, next to Bear Alley. So basically they find that and they don't find anything else, but she's seen these maps and she's like, all right, whatever, I'm going to go explore Bear Alley. So she leaves. Then her husband basically calls her and is like, guess what? I bought a plane ticket and I'm coming to London so we can talk. And she's like, no, I came here to get away from you. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? So, you know, he's about to show up and she's like, oh my God, I can't deal with this. I don't want to deal with this, but whatever. So then she's like, okay, I'm going to go to Bear Alley. So she goes and investigates it in the morning and she's like, huh, this is odd. I think there's like a door. And then she decides to go back through the neck. Well, actually, then her husband shows up and uh, she has to go talk to him 
And he basically thinks that they can get back together. And she's like, I don't know, like, you really hurt me, blah, blah, blah. And then he, like, gets kind of sick. He has a cold, so he's like, okay, I'm going to bed. So then she goes back to Bear Alley, and she breaks into this door, and she ends up finding the lost apothecary. And she originally is just like, I don't know what's going on. Her phone battery's dying, which is something I'm going to get back to. But she finds the secret door that Nella's shop is hidden behind, and she goes back in there. Her phone's got, like, 10% battery, so she's snapping pictures really quick of just anything. She's taking pictures of the ledger. And she goes back. She passes out. Um, and then like is the next night, the next morning, like jotting some notes down in her notebook. And then Gaynor calls her and is like, Hey, I found some articles online. I expanded the search. So let's meet. So she goes to meet and they're reading the first one about, um, they're looking for an apothecary killer. And then she gets a call from her husband that like before she left, he was like, I'm not feeling well. Do you have any Dayquil? And she's like, no, but I have some eucalyptus oil. So he drank it, but apparently it's poisonous if you drink it. And she had meant for him to like rub it on his like neck or something like that. If you know, like essential oils and whatnot. So she gets a call from him, goes back and is calling like the hospital. And then they bring her to the, bring him to the hospital and she goes with, and the police are like, we need to talk to you. So now flipping back to the other storyline, Nella and Eliza go and get more beetles and Eliza, Nella ends up sharing with Eliza, like that she fell in love with this guy, Frederick, thought they were getting married, it's pregnant, all this different stuff, and then it turns out once she, like, is pregnant and tells Frederick he ghosts her, never comes... Actually, what happens is he uses her own ingredients in the shop to give her something that makes her um, lose the baby, then ghosts her and leaves forever, and then the he's apparently married and his wife shows up, and the first person she ever used... Um, her apothecary skills to kill was Frederick. And then from then on out, it kind of spread to different women that she could do these things. So they get the beetles, they make it, they give it to Lady Clarence and she tells Eliza, like, never come back, you need to leave. But here's this mad book on magic that my mom had. Maybe you could sh- go to the store. So Eliza goes to the store, meets this guy named Tom Pepper, who's like probably like 14 or 15, something like that. And he's like, um, sh- shows, she's like looking at the magic books and finds one because she's still trying to get rid of ghosts or whatever. And then Lady Clarence apparently accidentally killed her husband instead of the mistress because it was the husband drank the brandy that it was in instead of the mistress drinking it. So he dies. And now the police are doing this whole investigation. And it turns out the vial that Eliza put the like beetle crumbs in had the address of the store on it instead of the one without the address. So Nell is freaking out and is like, you need to get this like vial back. And then So Lady Clarence goes and gets in and brings it back, but it turns out her lady's maid who dispensed the poison took in, like, um, a wax seal press or whatever of it, and so they have, like, a partial address, so Eliza, so Nella's like, we need to leave. She finds Eliza and is like, you need to go away, blah, 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 all this different stuff. Eliza, meanwhile, has found, well, Eliza ends up visiting the manor or whatever to find the stuff out, blah, blah, blah. Then um, Eliza finds a spell for to get rid of bad luck in her book. So she's like making that while Nella is like doing something else. I don't remember what. Um, so then they're supposed to part ways, but then the police show up and Eliza's made her little potion, one for each of them. And the police chase them and they run to the river and Nella's going to jump in so that the police can leave Eliza alone. But Eliza ends up taking the vial and she jumps into the river herself And so we're like convinced she's killed. So that's very upsetting. So then Nella is going to write this letter 
and like make a like little healing potion, not like a potion, like magic, but like a little healing elixir thing for Mrs. Amwell. I'm just remembering what the mistress's name is and for Eliza's like mistress so that she knows what happened to Eliza and whatever. Because after the husband died, she went to be with family for a couple weeks, which is why Eliza was able to run around with Nella for these past couple days. But Nella's doing really bad, really poorly. She's like kind of about to die. She makes it to the Amwell house and then she kind of collapses and Eliza comes out and she thinks it's Eliza's ghost. Eliza gives her this vial, this potion, and then um, that's the end of the past storyline. For the present storyline, the police end up questioning Caroline. They found her notebook. They know that they're having marriage problems, like all this different stuff. So the police literally think that she's plotted to kill her husband. Gaynor ends up calling her because of some reason of like, oh, I wanted to make sure your husband's doing okay. And um, she's like, can you come here? And Gaynor ends up corroborating her story that, you know, she was doing research into this apothecary, even though Gaynor doesn't know that she's like gone into like and actually found it or anything like that. The police end up letting her go after that. And she ends up talking to James and it comes out that James drank that on purpose because basically he was going to try and manipulate her into staying with him. She ends up asking for a separation and she decides that she is going to apply for the Oxford program and write a thesis on the whole apothecary and figure out to write a thesis and on the apothecary and figure out the rest of the mystery because the two news articles, one of them says that this guy died, they're searching for it. And then the second news article says that the apothecary jumped into the river and died. But then in her ledger, she sees that there was another entry after the date of the death. And we know that Eliza is the one that jumped into the river and that Nella is the one that went and wrote that last entry into the ledger. So we know that, but at the time, Caroline doesn't. And the ledger said, like the last entry in the ledger is um, Nella writes like about the elixir that, or the potion that um, Eliza made. So then she ends up looking up Eliza, I don't remember her last name, um, Farthing or something like that. And she finds a news article from the 1820s or 1830s that is basically saying that Eliza has um, is now living on the C place that starts with a B in Britain. I don't remember what it's called. And that she has inherited her husband, Tom Pepper's magic shop with her and her two children. And there's like a little interview with her about like magic books or saying something like that. And it's like, I do believe in magic. It saved both me and my husband's lives. So we can infer that that's how she survived the thing of jumping out the river. And it says, she says that it healed her mentor's life who still aids her to this day, which we can assume is Nella. That's kind of the end of the book. I don't know how I did with that plot summary. I ended up pausing in a lot of times, which you may or may not be able to notice when you're listening to this back. I'm really, really hot. Like, my closet now it's like warm outside so I'm hot like when I'm sitting in here with it so whatever and I think let's start at the end like I like to do with what happened with Nella and Eliza so you can kind of infer that Eliza gave Nella the other vial of the um, elixir that she made and it ended up saving Nella's life excuse me like it saved hers so the question here is that, like I said this was labeled as a historical fantasy so the question is is magic real like did Eliza truly make a magical potion that saved their lives or was whatever combination of herbs and other stuff that she used actually what saved them? And like, I find myself not being sure which side to be on because 
I feel like if there was some cure for whatever Nella had, Nella would know that because she was like an experienced expert apothecary. She knew all these different methods to both heal and harm and all this different stuff. So I just feel like she would have already known that. So that leads me to say yes, magic. But the thing is, it's also set in the real world, which leads me to say no on the magic. So I don't really know. But you can infer that what happens is that she does live and that she leaves with um, Eliza at some point, we don't know when, to be uh, a mentor figure, I guess, on this like seaside country town or whatever. And that Tom Pepper, the magic store owner or whatever, and Eliza end up getting married which kind of random, but also I wasn't against it, so that's fine. And it made me happy that the two of them kind of had, I don't want to say a happily ever after, but they had a happy ending and that they were able, they were not killed by the police and both of them lived and they found a good life and they're no longer killing people. So that's a good, that's a plus too, you know what I mean? So that's kind of how I feel about the ending. I actually did really enjoy the ending of this book and I enjoyed this book overall. So like that kind of leads me to my next point about bookstagram influence. I said this before on another book. I think it was the A Deadly Education episode that the influence of bookstagram and booktube and other things like that can be both a good and bad thing because I saw some mixed reviews on this book and I saw a couple that were kind of negative saying that it was a bit boring, that it missed the mark, that they didn't like one of the storylines, I can't remember if it was the past or the present, they thought like one of them was unnecessary, all this different stuff. And so I was very, very hesitant to read this book. Like I'd already got it, you know, so I was like, okay, I know I'm going to read it. But I was kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'll put it off. I'll read some other things. But then like for reasons for this podcast of trying to be, um, mix up what the episodes are about so they're not like a bunch of fantasy or a bunch of romance or anything in a row. I was like, okay, I'm going to read this one next. But I was like nervous. Like I said, like I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. I've seen these negative reviews, whatever. And then I read it and I had a good time. I really, really enjoyed this book a lot. Like the whole time I was reading it, I was like waiting for it to like be boring or to like miss the mark or to do whatever. But no, I really enjoyed it. I like looked forward to reading it every night. I had a good time, like whatever. I actually really enjoyed this one. Was it my favorite book ever? No. But was it a good, like decent, solid book? Yeah, I do think it was. And so this is the issue that I have with like reading book like reviews in general, whether reading slash listening to them, which I think is ironic because I do a podcast where I like say my own reviews and opinions on these books. And here I am saying that I don't like to read them because then they will give me very, um, it'll make me like unhappy to read something or nervous to read it because I just think, oh, everybody online said it was bad, so I'm going to hate it. So I don't want to read it or whatever, you know? So like, I don't know. I feel like I need to be careful and judicious about what I'm reading, especially like I think if I've already made plans to read a book, I should probably not look at the reviews because I don't want it to influence my own opinion on the book or sway it too much which again, like I said, I feel like it's ironic and actually, you know, hypocritical of me to say that and then expect people to listen to my podcast, especially if they have not read the book. However, I will say that another thing I do is I found a lot of book podcasts since like starting this mine that I've listened to just like a couple episodes here and there of different ones. And I tend and I mean, I really only listen to episodes of books that I have read. 
And so I feel like unless somebody is knows me or a super fan, I don't know if I have any super fans, but whatever, like, I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of how people listen to book podcasts is they listen to episodes of books that they've read previously. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let me know what you think about that, like what sort of listener you are to these. But I don't know. So, like, I feel like you have to be careful about things like that. At least I have to be careful about it. And I have to say that I did not agree about, like, one of the storylines being weaker. I can't really remember if people said they thought the past or the present one was weaker. I feel like, I know I just saw one that said they thought the present storyline was weaker. I personally did not agree with that. I actually really, really liked Caroline's storyline. I looked forward to it. I was excited to get to her part of the book because I was really interested. Like, I didn't really care about the mystery of her trying to figure things out because I knew I was going to get that from Nella and Eliza's point of views. I knew they were going to tell me what was actually going on, but I was interested in her life, which I like, I was really interested in this relationship she had with her husband. I was invested in it and I could not wait for them to break up because there was a point in the book where I thought that maybe she was going to take him back and like go to like couples therapy and like work through it and all this different stuff which would have been such a mistake because this man low-key sucked. I mean, my personal opinion is, like, if someone cheats on you, that's it. Like, if somebody cheated on me, that would be it. There would be no further relationship. I do not care. Like, no second chances if you cheat on me. Like, we're done. And so, like, for me, I was like, oh my god, if she gets back together with him, that's really gonna, like, lower my enjoyment of this book. And at the end, like I said, she ends up asking for a separation I mean, I would have just divorced the man instead of doing some legal separation, but, you know, I guess that's better than staying with him and, like, working through it and whatever the heck, like, he wanted to do, even though neither of them were happy in their lives. And she was really unhappy because, like, she was not following any of her passions. Like, her whole life was that she has her stable secretary job at her parents' farm, and then she's a wife, and, like, neither of them were really that happy with each other. And there was also, like, a subplot where she thought at one point she might be pregnant, but then she actually ended up not being pregnant, which was good because I can't even imagine, like, oh, my God, now she's pregnant. Like, she probably would have stayed with him or, like, that child, the poor child, their parents are divorced before it's even born, like, all this different stuff. So, but I, like I said, like, I enjoyed her storyline because I was invested in that. I was also invested in her kind of re-self-discovery of being, like, you know what? I am going to follow my passions. I am going to go back to school and do research again and like look into this and like find out that there's more to myself and my life than being a wife and like my stable, boring life in Cincinnati. You know what I mean? So like I really enjoyed her storyline, very much was intrigued with it. And I also liked the past storyline because the past storyline was more about this apothecary thing. And I actually really enjoyed Nella specifically a lot which contrasts kind of with Outlawed. So if you guys remember, I read Outlawed back in January and it was a historical fiction, like alternative universe sort of thing about like a group of women and non-binary cowboys, cowgirls and non-binary cow people. I don't know. That sounded odd. Anyways, basically they were outlaws and they would like steal from people and do whatever. And I thought it was going to be enjoyable, but I ended up not liking it because of like it just felt wrong, kind of, what they were doing. Like, they had been treated horribly, like, in all the different towns because they were all... uh, Sterile seems not right. Infertile. None of them were able to get pregnant, and so they were told they were witches and were gonna... Their towns were gonna kill them, basically, which is awful. 
And so they ended up joining this group and they would just like rob people and they like killed people and like other stuff like that. Especially like how it ended. I'm not going to spoil it on this like on this podcast. If you're like interested in knowing more about it, go check out that episode. But I really disliked how it ended because it just felt wrong what they were doing. And I read a quote from the end of the book where one of the characters expressed similar feelings to how I felt. And I think it really summed up how I felt about the book. So like I thought this was another reason I was hesitant to pick up this book is at first I was really excited. I was like, ooh, Killer Apothecary, kind of interesting. And then the more I sat on it, I thought, is this going to be like Outlawed Part 2? Like, am I going to think I'm going to enjoy kind of these people that are not typical heroes or whatever, like kind of doing bad things and whatnot? Like, am I actually going to dislike it because of whatever? And that was not the case at all because Nella first of all, was only killing people who deserved it, which is different than what was going on in Outlawed. And, um, I mean, did they deserve it is kind of a relative objective sort subjective sort of question and whatnot, but she wasn't, like, she did have, like, lines that she didn't draw. She didn't kill children. She didn't kill women, like, other stuff like that. She, like, these people had to have a reason. Most of the men that died were, like, abusive or, like, bad men. You know what I mean? So that's like part of it. But the other part is that she really at the end of the book and like throughout the book is like, first of all, she's having like, like I said, physical and emotional like stress and turmoil about everything that's happening, happened from this. Like she feels bad about the deaths. They like weigh on her soul heavily. So I felt like that was like more realistic of like when you're a killer, like it just weighs on you. Right. And so like I appreciated like that acknowledgement And then also, like, the fact that she was thinking about, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this isn't what I want to do or be anymore. So, you kind of see that switch as well. I enjoyed that as well. And I just thought that, like, the way that she thought about being the apothecary killer and the way that she went about it and how she felt about it and, like, what ends up happening, like, all that different stuff and how you see how detrimental to her health it has been. I thought that that was all done very well and made her a likable character despite the fact that her job was like to dispense poison to kill people. You know what I mean? And so I ended up quite enjoying her and the book to me was separate and what I wish Outlawed had been. Like I wish Outlawed had taken this aspect into that or that like the way that those killings were done was different. Now, since we're coming up to the end, let's just go on a couple little short things. First, let's talk about Eliza getting her period. I mentioned this a little bit earlier and I actually paused the podcast to write it down because I had forgotten I want to talk about it. This reminded me of Bridgerton and how Daphne doesn't understand how you get pregnant. And it just makes me very mad about the era that women don't know anything about pregnancy or periods or things like that. Like this is something now that I've seen in two different cases. And it's just frustrating and you know that it's true that like they were not told these things so that they stay pure and whatnot. But like how... It's just is so horrible, so wrong, and I'm glad that that's not the case. I mean, some places I think still need to have actual sex education or better sex education. However, I feel blessed that my school, I felt like, did a good job of actually d- talking about things like that. But still, Eliza literally thought that the ghost of a man was possessing her or, like, tormenting her, and that's why she was bleeding. And, like, neither Mrs. Amwell or Nella actually explained to her what a period was or that, you know, like all this stuff was going to happen every month. And she's literally scared out of her mind that a ghost is following her. So that's like, that really annoyed me. And it makes me mad that that's something that women went through 
200, 300 years ago and more, like back further and stuff like that. And then the other thing, this bothered me so much, it's such a minor thing, was Caroline's cell phone battery. When she went to the, when she finds like the apothecary, you know, I said that her cell phone battery dies and it's low. This is how it's written. It says that when she left her hotel, it was, her phone was fully charged. When she shows up at Bear Alley or Back Alley, her phone's at 55 or 58%. So it apparently lost like 50% battery on her 20 minute commute there. Then she turns her flashlight on when she gets in there and it turns down to 30%. Then she gets to the back room after walking for maybe one minute and her phone's at 20% or 14%. Then she takes some pictures for maybe two or three minutes and then her phone battery's at 3% and then she runs out of there and her phone dies. Nobody's phone, not even my phone three, two summers ago was that bad. My phone at that point was so bad I was charging it very, very frequently and like my phone like lost battery like nobody's business. However, walking somewhere for 20 minutes with my phone turned off would not lose me 40% battery. Turning my flashlight on would not lose me another 40% battery within 10 minutes. It just bothers me because it's so unrealistic. I just don't understand why, what the heck is this author's name, Penner? I don't understand why Penner didn't just say that her phone battery was at 30% when she left. And that would have been believable. Like, I, it just very much frustrated me because it was so stupid and unbelievable. And I had to keep reading about it for like 10 or 20 pages. And so that's just like a personal, like, bad writing sort of thing that happened in this book that annoyed me. But overall, like I said, I really enjoyed this book. So that's where I'm going to end the discussion section for today. Let me know what you thought of this book by either shooting me a message on Instagram. You can DM me at I read a book once blog. Also, while you're there, you should follow that Instagram page because I do my best and I try to take some cool pictures and I'd appreciate that follow for a follow. You know what I mean? You could also send me an email of your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions and stuff like that at iredabookonceblog at gmail.com. I'm really interested in hearing what you guys thought of this episode, this book. Did you agree with my opinions? Did you disagree? Did you think this book was boring or could have not used the other storyline or not? And then also you could check out my website I never update, iredabookonceblog.com. Also, make sure that you like, subscribe, rate, and whatever this podcast. I'd really appreciate it a lot. Every sort of rating and subscription helps other people find it. And so please, please do that. I'll love you forever. Next week, I'm going to be talking about Act Your Age, Eve Brown, which is the third and final book in the Brown Sisters series. Back in, I think, November, I did an episode on Take a Hint, Danny Brown, which was such a good book. So much fun. It's a romance series, and I am already super enjoying this last book that I'm reading right now. And so you should check out the Danny Brown episode. I'm going to be uploading the Eve Brown episode next week, and I think it's going to be great. So this was I Read a Book Once. I'm Emma, and I'll catch you guys next time.